Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Hey everybody, hope everyone's doing well out there today. It's time for another podcast on the go. That's right, I'm driving and I got inspired, so we're doing it this way again. This past Sunday, Pastor Mel spoke to us on James chapter 1, talking about trials and temptations once again. and It's temptations that I want to talk about today. Help us understand how we can fight the devil, how can we, we can resist sin. And there's this thing called pressure points on the body. Maybe you guys have heard that before. I never took karate or anything like that. I was never interested in that kind of stuff. But there were a couple people that I knew who at least knew a few things about it. And there were the things called pressure points on the body that I guess on the body there's five or six. I don't even remember how many there are. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Five or six pressure points on the body that if, if you find them and you know where they are, you can actually make somebody submit just by finding those pressure points and squeezing them. I think there was one on the shoulder, one on the wrist. I don't remember where they are, but, you know, you always had that one friend that wanted to show you, you know, how cool he was and he knew where the pressure points were and he was going to show you every single one on your body and how painful they are. And I don't remember who that kid was in my life, but there was some kid like that who said, I know where all the pressure points are and let me show you where they are on your body and let me squeeze them all. So like an idiot, I let him do it and it hurt. It hurt. And I, yeah, I, I submitted and I said, stop, I'll do whatever you want. I say, uncle, whatever. And I guess there's these things on the body called pressure points. And, and if you find them, if you know where they are and you're, and you're in a fight, a scuffle, you can actually make your partner submit. I don't know the validity of that. You'll have, to, you'll have to fact check me on that. But let's assume there are. Let's assume there's pressure points on the body. There seemed to be on my body when that kid was testing me. That if you squeeze them and you know where they are, you can make the person submit. I just think about that concept. That's really what I want to talk about today with temptation, because as Pastor Mel spoke this to us this past Sunday, he told us from James chapter 1 that we're lured away and enticed by our own desires. And that if we follow those desires, they, they bring forth sin, and sin, if we follow long enough, will bring forth death. A really sobering passage, but something really necessary for us to hear, because sin equals death. We cannot play around with sin. I really don't like this false doctrine that's around today that say that basically says Christians get away with sin and nobody else does. As if to say we can sin and we'll be okay, but you can sin and you'll go to hell. I think looking at scripture, I think sin is deadly, regardless of who you're in, regardless of who you say you follow, regardless if you're saved or not. The point of salvation is not to give you a license for sin or to let you sin with impunity. The point of salvation is Scripture teaches us is to destroy the works of the devil, to allow us to not sin anymore, to give us the power over sin, not to give us a license to sin. So I want to talk about these pressure points today because Pastor Mel said, and I believe he's right, that we are possibly, probably all have different pressure points as far as sin is involved. That there might be things that I'm tempted toward that you guys are not, and vice versa. You guys might have temptations that I don't really struggle with. But I think the devil is smart. When we did that study on the, on the armor of God, excuse me, we talked about how the devil might not be a fantastic warrior. He might just be a smart warrior. He might know when to fight and when not to fight. He might know, again, the pressure points of our souls and when to squeeze them, how to squeeze them, but not necessarily want a... Uh, drag down fight 
to the death because he knows the more severe fight, the more we're likely to call in um, help, have divine help from the Lord. And so what he wants to do is he wants to fight smart and he wants us to get to fight him one-on-one, -on -one, alone, without any help. So what he's going to do is he's going to find the things that we're already attracted to, find the desires we already have. He's not going to invent new ones and he's certainly not going to use the same temptation on every single person. He's going to locate where we are prone to wander, prone to go after in our sin. And he's going to use that and he's going to squeeze. And when he finds those things, he's going to be relentless. I think there's big category sins that we all commonly struggle with. I know for guys, big one is lust. I've been dealing with uh, young adults for the last 12 years and you wouldn't believe the percentage of young men who say, they watch pornography on a regular basis. So lust is a big one, especially for men. You know, idolatry always has its different forms in our lives. But then there's different sins that some people struggle with and some people do not. And I'm not going to list those today, but I want you to consider the things that you're prone to fall into. Those things that you kind of always battle, you always find yourself slipping into. That would be one of your pressure points. And the devil would find that and he would, he would just notice your lifestyle, notice your characteristics. And then once he finds that you have an appetite for it, he's just going to focus his attention on getting you to chase that thing. He's really crafty. It's a really ingenious way to fight because he really just gets us to fight ourselves. We're lured away by our own desires. And Pastor Mel said it's like going fishing. You know, when you go fishing, you don't throw a hook in the water and, and call it you put a worm, a big juicy worm to cover the hook so the fish can't see the hook so that he looks at the big juicy worm and thinks a big juicy worm is just floating there at the top of the water and he's going to go get it because fish like worms, right? And Or these big flashy lures. Again, I'm not a fish fishing expert, but these lures must work that these guys create. They're, they're flashy. They're colorful. Some, some of them spin. Some of them dance in the water. Some of them float. Some of them sink. But they're all meant to attract the fish for what the fish is already attracted to because the fish is naturally prone to go after things like big juicy worms and, and spinning things in the water. And so fishermen know what that's like, how to catch the fish, and so does the devil. He knows how to catch men that way and women. And I want to think about how we could flip the script on the devil today because I could just mention a whole bunch of different pressure points and tell us to be careful of those things, but... I think we need to really turn defense into offense when we're fighting the devil. I don't think defense is enough. I really don't. Because I don't think we've been put on this earth just to avoid sin. I think we've been put on this earth to advance the kingdom of God. To go on the offense for Christ. To follow him, to continue his work. And what Jesus told Peter to tear down the very gates of hell. That can't happen through defense alone. It must happen through offense. So I want to think about flipping, flipping the script today because I think there might be pressure points that our enemy would have too. That if we find these things and we locate these things and we're, we're very good at using these against the devil, we might do two things at once, two birds with one stone. We might help defend ourselves against his attacks. And we might go on the offense to advance the kingdom of God. And I'm just going to explain to you what I mean. So let's, let's assume we're involved in a temptation, okay? The devil has found one of our pressure points. He knows we like that thing. Our flesh likes that thing. And we're 
we're prone to slip and fall into that thing. So he knows that. And he's, he's now going to get us vulnerable. You know, he's going to get us when we're tired or when we're alone or when we've had a frustrating, stressful day. And so now he's found a pressure point and he knows we're vulnerable and it's his opportune time to attack. So he comes after us and he dangles the worm in the water and says, here you go. Here you go. I know this would feel good right now. I know it would. You know you want it. Come get it. You know, it really won't hurt you. I mean, look, you can't see a hook, right? There's no hook. All you see is the big juicy worm. But in this scenario, we don't only want to resist the devil's temptation, but we want to advance the kingdom of God. We want to continue our offensive push against him. So what are we going to do? We're going to find his pressure points. And I'm going to list four pressure points that I believe are ways that we can actually flip the script on the devil and turn defense into offense and at the same time resist his temptations and continue to go on offense for our Lord Jesus. Number one, so again, we're in this temptation, number one, and we learn this from our Lord Jesus Christ, open scripture. Or Jesus knew scripture so well, he didn't even have to open it. He had memorized it. He had tucked it away in his heart and his mind so that when the devil came after him with temptation, he was ready. He knew the scriptures. He knew what they said. That's pressure point number one. The devil knows that if we use scripture, he's going to lose because he has to pervert truth. If we actually have truth, he's in trouble because he knows he's not that powerful against us with Christ. He's only powerful against us without Christ. If we utilize scripture and we bring out the truths of scripture, we can disarm him and we can actually go on offense against him. And you see the Lord Jesus Christ doing that in the wilderness against the devil. The devil was tempting him. He was coming for the big kill, the big prize, the Lord Jesus himself, the big trophy, and, and he went away with nothing. In fact, I think Jesus conquered a great victory that day over the devil. Well, how did he do it? Well, he quoted scripture. When the devil said, hey, Jesus, here's three temptations that I, I know would be a uh, appealing to you right now. Number one, you've been without food for 40 days. Why don't you make those stones into bread and simply eat and satisfy your basic hunger, right? I mean, that's that's one we all would be tempted to after 40 days of no food, to find any food wherever necessary, no matter what it takes. So Jesus quoted scripture and said, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, as if to say, there's something greater than bread, devil, Satan, bread is great, but there's something greater than that. And I'm still going to go towards the something greater. Do you see what he did? He flipped a script on the devil and said, I'm not here for bread. I'm here for the words and the will of God. And so I could have bread. I could make those stones into bread and I could utilize my power from heaven and fall off the path for a little bit and just eat bread and don't worry about the will of God for a moment. But he said, I put on this earth to do the will of God and something is greater than bread. And I'm going to utilize this opportunity against you to even continue on offense for the will of God. So that was temptation number one. Temptation number two is the devil took him up to the pinnacle of the temple and said, listen, I, I know how your angels work. I used to be one. I was Lucifer in heaven, one of your angels. I know how they work. Why don't you throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple? Because your angels will have to come and rescue you. They know who you are. They know they can't let any ha true harm befall you, not before your time. And so just throw yourself off. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to see all your angels come to your rescue? I mean, you've been a 
kind of lonely in this earth. You've been kind of rejected. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to see myriads of angels come and rescue you and remember how great you are? And once again, Jesus utilized scripture. And in fact, in the second temptation, the devil tried to use scripture because he was an angel and he does know a lot of scripture. Maybe the entire Bible, I'm not sure. But he basically quoted a passage from Psalms saying, listen, your angels will have to come and protect you. It says it right in the word of God. But what he actually did is he left out one phrase of that verse in Psalms. And so when Jesus used scripture against the devil, he used it in context for the intent and purpose it was intended for. And, and uh, once again, he defeated the devil and he continued on offense for the word and the will of God. Temptation number three was... The devil basically took him to the highest mountain and, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, you know, Jesus, I have these kingdoms right now. They belong to me. But if you would bow down and worship me, they're all yours. I'll give them to you right now. You don't have to wait. They're yours right now. I will relinquish my power over these things. All you got to do is bow down and worship to me. And that's when the Lord Jesus said, "Get, be gone, Satan. For it says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the devil left after that. He left because he lost. If it was, I mean, we've been talking about pressure points in karate. If it was a karate match, um, Jesus went up 3-0 on the devil right there. And what was interesting is he not only defended, but he did defend and he went on offense and struck three blows against Satan by finding his pressure point, which was scripture. So that's number one, scripture. If you use scripture against the devil, he's not going to be able to succeed against you, but you have to know it. You have to use it properly. You have to saturate your life with scripture because if you do, you're going to be a lot harder to take down. In fact, you're probably going to make advancements for the kingdom of God against the devil. Number two, pressure point. Commitment to the church. I told you the devil doesn't like a real fight. He wants a one-on-one -on -one fight with someone much weaker than him. And all of us are much weaker than the devil. What is stronger than the devil is the church. As weak as we all seem, when we're put together, we're very, very strong because God told us that's how it's going to work. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So if we unify with the church, if we are committed to the church, if we're around our church people a lot and asking for prayer and talking about scriptural truths and reminding each other, and as Hebrews tells us to exhort each other every day, boy, we're going to be strong. We're going to be formidable, and we're actually going to advance the kingdom of God against the devil because that's one of his pressure points. He does not want us to unify because not only can we defend, we can, we can attack the kingdom of darkness with the church. So you could tell in 2020, what he wants to do is divide the church. He knows the church is stronger than him, a lot stronger than him. So the only way that he could find a victory over us is by dividing us. He has to get in the way of us gathering. He has to get in the way of us helping each other praying for each other, coming alongside of each other. He can't defeat that. So what he's going to do is, is going to divide us, attack that strength so that it's not a strength anymore. And that's pressure point number two. If we're staying committed to the church, we'll defeat the devil and he knows it. Number three, prayer. Prayer. I mean, Jesus utilized prayer more than anybody and he was the son of God. When the devil comes at us with a temptation, the way we turn defense into offense is ask for divine help from our Lord and Savior, our God, and say, God, I'm under attack right now. I need your help. I need divine help. I mean, think about that. The devil cannot take down the Lord. He cannot take down divine power. He can only take down you and I on our own. 
if we call down divine power from heaven, he's got to leave or die because he can't conquer God and he can't conquer God's power. So if you and I are under temptation, we can actually find a pressure point of the devil and we can, we can utilize prayer. We can utilize the power of our Lord and the Lord basically has told us in so many ways, man, anything you need, come and get it. He says in Hebrews, approach the throne of grace boldly and you will find help in your time of need. Come get it. Come get the help you need. And it's interesting, the Lord has given us such access to him, 24-7 access, because he knows that we can be tempted 24-7. So if we utilize prayer, we're never going to lose against the devil. And that's pressure point number three. And I think we need to really think about these when we're under temptation to not only defend ourselves, but to say, Lord, let me stay on offense. Let me continue advancing the kingdom of God. Let me continue to obey your commandments and kind of just flick the devil off as we're running towards the kingdom of God because he wants to stop progress and he wants to get us to think about sin. And those are the first three temptations or the, excuse me, the first three pressure points, the church, scripture, and prayer. And the last one might be the biggest one of all might be the most powerful one of all, the biggest pressure point of all, the fear of God. You see, the fear of God is, is so fundamental to, to being a Christian. No one becomes a Christian until they fear God, until they understand that God is holy, that we're sinners, that God is almighty. He hates sin. He's created a place called hell. And even when we become Christians, we're supposed to keep the fear of God because the fear of God is the biggest, strongest, powerful weapon against the devil and i'll just give you a little illustration of that okay so let's uh, let's imagine we're under intense temptation from the devil he's found one of our biggest pressure points and we're vulnerable and he's squeezing that pressure point so hard because he wants us to submit to him and to sin and not to our lord so he, it's the perfect storm we're tired we're stressed and he's found our pressure point what are you and i going to do we already want the thing he's offering us we've fallen into that sin before and we're we're likely to fall into it again, and he knows that. And at that time, we're trying to recall scripture, but we want the sin. We're trying to pray, but we want the sin. The church isn't near us, and we don't reach out to them because we want the sin, okay? So just follow this. I mean, now we're in trouble, right? Now we could use scripture, we could use prayer, we could use the church, but our desire for the sin is so strong. Now what do we do? Now we're really in danger and the devil knows it. We're not using our lifelines. It's basically now we're fighting with our arms tied behind our back. And now he's just doing whatever he wants to us, right? We're, we're dead. We're doomed. We're going to sin no matter what. No, that's not right. Because the fear of God comes in like a lion and roars. And the fear of God roars to us first and says, you cannot sin. You must not sin. Haven't I told you I hate sin? I destroyed Jesus on the cross when he stepped in the place of sinner. I don't look kindly at sin. I don't weak at sin. I will destroy sin. And every time we sin, every time we do something premeditatedly that God hates, we are flirting with the wrath of God because God hates sin. And the point of the fear of God is not to get us to tremble as the goal. The point of the fear of God is to give us fight in the battle against the devil. Because when we desire sin, and we will, and that's the whole point of the temptation, we're lured by our own desire, we have to have something stronger than our desires. 
And it almost seems like there's nothing, there, nothing is stronger. There is nothing stronger than our desires. And I've been there. I've been under intense temptation and have really wanted the thing, the sin that the devil is dangling in, in the water. And I don't want to use the lifelines. I don't want to call upon scripture or call upon God in prayer. I don't want to call up at anybody in the church. I want the sin. And it's only at those times that I need something stronger within me to resist that temptation. And that stronger thing is the fear of God. And just as a personal example, there's been a sin that I've wanted to submit to. And the fear of God has come in and said, Todd, I've taught you better than that. You cannot do this. Even if you want to, you cannot. Now you are flirting with intense punishment from me. If you do this sin, there will be consequences. They will be severe because I hate sin. And that's when the fear of God comes in and stops me at the last moment from doing something that is heinous in the eyes of God. And I have to remember that God hates sin. And that's actually the biggest pressure point against the devil because he knows if we remember how evil sin is and we utilize the fear of God, he's, he's in trouble. We're not going to not only sin, but we're going to continue to advance the kingdom of God because we are more terrified of displeasing our God than we are of anything. And that is exactly what the fear of God is sent for. Not to get us to tremble and get us to be fearful and of God and paralyzed in fear, but to give us fight in the battle against the devil to say, devil, you've forgotten one thing. I cannot sin. I have been given a new body and a new heart and a new soul and a new mind that has been cleansed. And I have been taught from my Lord Jesus how wicked and evil sin is. And the, and the Lord Jesus Christ used this one in the garden. When it was time for him to face the cross and he was so desiring of avoiding that. He, he was so much anticipating being released from that, that he was praying so fervently that he was sweating drops of blood. And I'm guessing he was hoping that the Lord would say, okay, all right, we don't have to go through this, you know? I'm going to spare you of this. I'm going to judge these people. These, these people are the ones who have sinned. I'm not going to let you go to the cross. I see how horrible this is going to be for you. And I'm going to release you of that. But he didn't. And you would say, well, how did Jesus go through it after that? God said no to that prayer. And said, no, Jesus, you need to go through this. You need to go through the cross because I have to redeem my people. How did Jesus continue to go on? The temptation was the most severe one he had ever faced. Step off the path. Don't go to the cross. And I honestly believe the thing that gave him victory over the devil even then was a fear of his father to say, I cannot and will not displease my father. No matter what it takes, no matter what severe thing I go through, I can never do that. That is the most heinous thing. And the most frightening thing is to do something that displeases my God and I will not do it. And that actually gave him the biggest punch against the devil. He went forward. He stayed forward on the path of the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. And he crushed the devil's head. Right there are the four pressure points we need. The scriptures, church, prayer, and the fear of God. If we will utilize those things, not only will we resist every temptation, but we'll stay on the offense, go on the offense, and advance the kingdom of God and actually start squeezing the pressure points of the devil. I hope that's a help to you. I hope you can think of 
profitable ways to implement these things into your life so that today when you face temptation and you will, you will utilize scripture, you will utilize prayer, you will utilize the church, and you'd remember you cannot and you must not give in to sin because the worst thing you and I can do is offend the holy God. I hope that's a blessing to you. Get in this fight with the devil. Advance the kingdom of God today. It's in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.